I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, the number one health and fitness podcast on the internet as voted by myself and Courtney. Yeah, I voted. I voted. So the statistics showed uh, in a, uh, a study that 100% of people think that our podcast is the best health and fitness podcast online. It's a landslide. It's a- <laughs> 100% the overwhelming majority was unanimous. Yeah. You and I unanimously voted that we're the best. Excellent. It's pretty fuck lucky we did. Fuck we're wankers, seriously. We are. So welcome to this week's episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. Uh, I am Matt, as always, joined by my beautiful co-host and wife. Woohoo! Courtney. Me. I'm here. That would be you. Yes. You are my wife, aren't you? Yes. And I am here. You are my co-host? Yes. Are you beautiful? Yes. Just ask you, right? Yes. All right. <laughs> so we are here to discuss a topic that, quite frankly, I'm surprised we haven't discussed by now. No, but I'm um, super excited yeah, to do I, it. I am too. But to be honest, um, maybe that study about us being the best is actually fake news because We've been doing this now for a year and a half, and we're just talking about this right now. Mm. Anyway, let's just let's not mention that. <laughs> let's, let, let's gloss over that one. We'll go back in. I'll go back. I'll edit it out. Don't worry. I'll save us. We've so done this one before. <laughs> All right. So, hands up. Who has put in effort and been frustrated by a lack of results? Let's ask for a visual cue when we're just an audio. So here on the podcast, <laughs> I'm sure you can see that my hand is up. Courtney's hand is up. I'm sure your hand is up too. It's, I think, probably the most common frustration that people have mm-hmm. outside of lacking in motivation, different topic altogether, uh, is when you're putting in a lot of effort and it seems like you're not getting any results in return. Mm-hmm. I've been through it. Uh, Courtney, you've been through it. Do you want to give a little example as to how it's affected you in the past? Yeah, well, I'm probably a little bit different to a lot of people where I, in the past, never really went through diets and things like that. I would always just try to do it myself. So I would just decide for a week that I was going to try to eat less. So I would try to really limit my intake of food and usually fail. Um, And I would go to the gym, but I would just do what I thought was really a lot of exercise. Um, But it wasn't. It wasn't very much at all. And I wasn't pushing myself at all. Uh, So I would get frustrated with how hard it was. But I really, at the time, like looking back on it now, it's easy to see that I just wasn't putting in the effort to even try to get it right. But back then, I thought I was. So I was frustrated with my lack of results. At the time, I thought I was putting in a lot of effort and I was trying really hard and I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah, for me, uh, I've mentioned it before, but worth touching on because it's really relevant to this topic. I was of the impression that the answer was always more exercise. Mm. Who cares what you eat? So for me, I built myself up to doing more and more and more exercise on a daily basis 
to the stage where I was doing three hours a day, six days a week. So I would do a 45 minute run to the gym, uh, an hour and a half weight session, and a 45 minute run home. And the you know the time I, I didn't start doing that much. I just built up to that because I thought more was the answer. Yeah. And then I would then go home, and my post my post workout nutrition would be a packet of burger rings and a can of Coke. Beautiful. So, yeah, pff, dialed in, mate. Dialed right <laughs> in there to uh to get the results. And I actually managed to sustain this sort of a routine for four years. Hmm. And have a guess the results I got from it. I'm assuming they were stellar. Sarcasm detected. <laughs> Captain, sarcasm <laughs> off the starboard bow. Yes, my results were, the technical term I would use is fuck all, mm. which is a nice Australian way of saying nothing. So what I did... Is that an Australian thing to say that? Fuck all? Yeah. Well, am I Australian? I didn't know it was just us that said that. Anyway, moving right along. So, okay, Cordy, we let Cordy have her moment so it keeps her happy. Okay, there they did. So, how did I react or what did I do when I didn't see the results I was hoping for? I had a mental breakdown and thought about killing myself. So, when Courtney and I give tips today on what to do when you're not seeing results, that won't be one of them. No, no, that's a very, very... Um... That's the what not to do yeah. when you're not seeing results episode. Highly not recommended. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try this at home, kids. No. So we, we're going to, um, Courtney and I have laid out a, a list of what we have noticed personally and obviously through lots of experience working with people, the most common reasons and common things that prevent someone from seeing the results that they want. How many have we got? Eight. We've got eight. Eight. Yes. Um, I just counted and read the numbers and it says eight. Yep, got it. So we're all onto it. So I'll, I'll kick things off here, Courtney, because I think we've got a bit to cover here. So let's just get straight into we it. We do. Shoot. Ooh, all right. She's all over it. Yep. Okay. The For me, personally, I think the biggest issue that people um, struggle with when it comes to not seeing results is they're expecting too much too soon. Yes. So this, this goes back to Courtney and I. We may have said once or twice in this show's history... Uh, <laughs> that quick fixes and short-term approaches don't work. Have we said that before? I think we might have once or twice. Okay. Now, just in case we haven't, Courtney and I have breaking news. These short-term diets and quick fixes and quick quote-unquote solutions that you are being offered are all a giant load of shit. Well... Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So we've established that. The problem, though, is, is that... It, because it's this crap is sprouted so much in the weight loss industry, people's expectations shift to unrealistic. So you might have someone who's been overweight for years and years and years, if not decades, which means many years worth of bad habits, uh, low confidence, low self-belief, thinking, oh, well, I can undo all that in, in 28 days, can't I? Or, or eight weeks? Yeah. Nah. No, you can't. Once I got my shit together, it took me two and a half years, and it's an ongoing journey even after that. Mm. So I think where people come undone first and foremost is they haven't given something enough time. So you might have this overweight person who goes, oh, well, I've been going to the gym for 10 days, and 
I'm only eating junk food two times a day rather than four times a day. Courtney, why haven't I lost 20 kilos in the last week? Mm. This isn't working. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any comments you wish to make on that? I think you've pretty much nailed it, to be honest with you. But I'm glad that we did this one, number one, because I think it's... Oh, there's so many good ones. So it's hard to say that it's the one that I hear most often and see most often, but it's pretty up there. Uh, I, I personally think it is the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, having, having done this long enough now and worked with so many people through the years, you know, experience counts, let's be honest. Mm. This is where I see people trip up the most when they're not seeing results. It's so common. They're and expecting the, too much too soon. And so, as you said, there's so much noise out there. Well, we are conditioned to think that it should happen sooner. Mm-hmm. So the amount, well, actually, this is by far number one because it's the conversation I tend to have the most with people when I first start working with them is they get deflated because, oh, well, I'm in week six and I'm not seeing any epic results even though I've been going around in circles for 15 years. Yes. So to me, that's the first thing that trips people up. Courtney, what's number two? Number two, diet. So you're turning it into a diet, and then when you go back back to normal, oh. shit goes pear-shaped. Oh. Back to normal. Back to normal, that old saying. Let's, so Let's establish what this means. The thing with a diet is that it's all about restriction. So you're restricting and you're cutting a lot of things out of your day-to-day routine. So... That is how you get results really fast. It's really not rocket science. You cut things out. You basically stop eating. You will lose weight. Um, What that weight is consisting of is a whole nother story in itself. But anyway, you will lose weight. So if I do nothing but drink orange juice for 28 days, I will lose weight. Or soup. If I do nothing but eat soup for 28 days, I will lose weight. The thing is that one or two things happen when you're talking about this and you're talking about in relation to not seeing results. So a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're on a diet, of course you're going to see results because if you stop eating, well, of course you're going to start to lose weight. Yes, but that that means that you're actually able to stick to it, eh? So a lot of people, because these diets are so restrictive, they can't stick to them fully for the amount of time that they're asking you to. So people then don't see the results that they're expecting to see or... On the other hand, they will see results, yes, but then they won't because they will, quote unquote, go back to normal. So you go back to your normal life, what you were doing before, because with a diet, they rarely tell you why you're doing certain things. They just tell you to do it. So at the end of your 28 days or however long, yeah, you might have some results, but you've got no idea why you did, like how you got there other than what you did. And so you've changed no, none of your habits. And going forward, there's no long-term plan. It's just, oh, I've done this, now I can maintain it. Problem is, what people do to maintain it is they go back to normal. Well, it means you're not maintaining it. So they go back to what they've done in the past. Hence, you have a situation where people may lose weight, but then they say, oh, but now I'm not seeing any more results. And then they get to a point where they put all the weight back on again plus more, and then 
they're still not seeing any results, quite the opposite. So that is where the unfortunate thing about going on a diet comes into not seeing results. Yeah, and that tells you also then that what you're doing is unsustainable. Correct. And that's a real key to long-term success is if you can ask yourself the question, can I sustain what I'm doing? If the answer is yes, and you are, you know, you are clearly making progress, then you're set to go. Yeah. You're pretty much set to go. But if you... If you look at what you're doing and you go, well, no, I can't sustain this long term. Sooner or later, I'm going to go back to normal or whatever. The, any results you get are going to be short-lived. Now, we've seen this plenty of times. Yes. Um, short-term weight loss, long-term weight regain. Mm-hmm. So that is that is definitely a, uh, a big concern that I think people have with this. The third one that I want to add here is where people aren't seeing results is they're doing too much exercise which I can yes. relate to personally. And I think a lot of people don't think about this one very much. Well, a lot of people it's... think of under-exercising first and foremost, so you're just not doing enough. But there's not a lot of people that stop to think about, am I actually over-exercising? Well, just consider that the actual change that we want doesn't come during the exercise. It comes from what the exercise stimulates in our body. So the actual change occurs when we're not exercising which means all those other things that we're doing, such as eating, sleeping, potentially stressing or reducing stress. There's a number of factors that occur away from the gym, but the big emphasis is on, oh, well, I go to the gym two times a day and nothing's changing. I'll now go two times every day, Mm. three times a day. I'll do more. I can do half an hour on the... On the cross trainer, now I'll do 45 minutes, then 60, then 90, then 120, and it goes up and up and up. One of my favorite sayings when it comes to prescribing um, and creating exercise programs for our clients is you always match their exercise to their nutrition. Mm. So I've always used the analogy of a car. If you want to drive your car a thousand miles or a thousand kilometers, are you going to get it there on a 500 mile fuel tank? Mm. Probably not. Definitely not. No. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah. So I see overtraining as a big deal for a lot of people, and I can understand the enthusiasm. You know, you're up and about, you're motivated. <clears throat> Sorry, something excited. I caught in my throat. You're, you're excited. You're excited. Get started, you've got a goal. Yep. You, yep. you want to achieve it. The um the bloom is on the rose, and <laughs> you're ready to go and get it. So it's quite common to launch into uh, an exercise routine that, quite frankly, can't be sustained. But more than that, actually causes more damage than it does good things. Mm. So generally, for someone. You know, you know you're doing too much training if your recovery is poor, as in your, the quality of your training is going down, mm. or the strength in the gym. You are doing weights, aren't you? The strength in the gym is going backwards. Or if you start to find that you're getting sick, you're getting sore, you're getting lethargic, you might be getting moody. So you are indeed getting some changes, but not the changes you want. So I, I think overtraining is, for a lot of people, a problem when it comes to not seeing results. 
And I've seen it with plenty of clients that I've worked with, in myself included, by actually for a lot of people backing off their results and focusing more on what's going into their body and one of the big X factors being sleep, you can turn that around pretty quickly. Mm. I've even seen that with experienced um, PTs that I've worked with where I've basically cut their exercise in half Yeah. and said, righto, we want quality over quantity because we know having, you know having talked to each other that you are having a problem with sleep patterns or you have an issue where you are constantly stressed mm. and that is a major blocker for weight loss. Let's just do a couple of quality training sessions a week, focus on what's going into your body and focus on things like stress reduction, mm. getting an extra half hour of sleep every night. Yeah. That can make a hell of a difference. We'll get more it into that. a huge difference. Massive. We'll get more into that when, it, when we come to delivering tips on what to do when you're not seeing results. But overtraining, there is a science behind it and it is, it is real. Mm. Uh, Courtney, what's point number four? Point number four is hidden overeating. Ooh, the stealth stuff. The stealth stuff. So things that you add which in turn add up against you. The things that sneak in? Yeah, so we're talking about things like sauces, dressings, eating off your kid's plate or eating your leftover kid's food. Um, you know, the whole thing about just one. Um, the, the same thing comes into play when we talk about chocolate and sweets, you know, just one bite or just one won't hurt me. We struggle with that personally. It doesn't always... It, very, very uh, rarely does it ever end at just one. That's the problem as well. So, Well, also just one. I mean, just one, yeah, but it could be just one every day. So I'm just having one block yeah. of chocolate every day. That's, that, that is... Or, yeah. I'm just having one bottle of wine two times a week. Um, Actually, yeah. alcohol. Alcohol was... Yeah, that, that's definitely a good one that too. Is, that is so a... So just one uh, glass. Just you know. one glass times seven. Um, we've done a, a podcast on alcohol, but that that thing, that stuff is uh, that can single-handedly kill a transformation. I've seen it. Yeah, and the other one as well that's really common is the quote-unquote healthy snacks. <laughs> oh, the uh, the bliss balls. So the a lot of the, balls. so a lot of the time, they people will think that they're doing themselves a favor by not having the chocolate or the sweets or you know, the snacks, the quote-unquote snacks, I'll have something healthy. But a lot of these pre-bought healthy snacks are really high. They're loaded. Yeah. They're really energy dense. So We call them calorie bombs. Yeah, calorie bombs. So they they obviously have, yeah. So with when we're talking about hidden overeating and when I'm bringing up examples like sauces, dressings, things like that, they're not necessarily terrible for you. And you don't necessarily have to like obviously we don't advocate diet so we're not saying that you've got to have plain plain boiled chicken and broccoli um well we use no flavoring sauces we use herbs and spices correct but it's the overconsumption of it so it's the it's the drowning it drowning your food in sauces it's the it's the having uh, a salad and and killing just it with, killing with it with mayonnaise or aioli sauce or, you know, things like this. It's it's a little, like dressings are fine, but we're talking about letting a little bit of dressing become a lot of dressing. Well, it becomes the feature, doesn't and it, it? And it often uh, happens 
unconsciously. It often happens just over time, especially if you come across a sauce or a dressing that you love that is just so delicious and you just become obsessed with it and you want to put it on everything or you just love it so much on your food that, oh, an extra tablespoon won't hurt. And then two weeks later, that extra tablespoon becomes an extra two tablespoons. And so it can add up really quickly when you're not paying attention to it. Yeah. I think a good way for us to really put this is when, when sort of, especially when, you know, when bonus foods become staples. Yeah, that's a really good good point. So, so your bonus foods are like your food that you have a treat. You it's a treat. It's not all the time. You you have it a couple of times a week. Maybe. Maybe. So And you really like it. They're your bonus foods because they're your foods that mean that you're not on a diet. And they're you, outside the plan. You can still have whatever, but your the main uh, focus for your week in terms of nutrition is having the really good quality food. Well, having your staples. Yeah. So they're your staples and then your bonus food is your bonus food and you're right, Matt, sometimes those lines get crossed. Often those lines get crossed. And and staple food and bonus food become one in the same. And well, bonus becomes a staple, doesn't it? It does. It does become part of just the norm and it's always easy. Our brains are really clever about convincing us that it's okay and because of this or because of that or, you know, especially when it comes to, we see a lot of mums, don't we, Matt, that eat their children's food after they've already had their own food. Oh, they help them clean the plate off for sure. And it's, you know, it's always the thing of that they tell themselves, oh, but we can't waste food. you like, can't waste it, so I'll eat it. You know, like that, it's really common for our brains to really just t- come up with all these really clever excuses to say why it's okay. You know, like I've been good all week. I can have that, that ice cream. That's no problem. But the problem is that if you really sat down and looked at it, you weren't good all week. You know, that this is where, again, where your staples and your bonuses are blurring into one. Yeah. So so that is one another reason why we say that... Uh, people may not be seeing the results that they want. Yep. The next one that I've got is a very simple discussion about fitness versus fat loss. Mm-hmm. So here at um, the Weight Loss Podcast, our primary, primary focus is weight loss slash fat loss. Now, there are quite a few people that will, will sort of confuse fat loss and fitness. They're two different things. In terms of the way you, you approach them, yeah, they are. So to me, if I'm talking to someone who, you know, has said that they want to lose 35, 40, 50 kilos, but they want to get fit, it's like, well, okay, I know where you're coming from, but they're two different things and two different approaches. So I think where people can come undone with this is that they are approaching the goal of fat loss with an approach of I'm going to get fit. You want to get fit, just go and run. Yeah. Easy, just go do more running. You'll be a very, very good runner. You want to be fit in the swimming pool, do more swimming. Yeah, do more laps. Do more laps. But training and eating for fat loss is indeed quite different to training and eating for fitness. Fitness is repetition of doing the same thing over and over and over and over and getting good at it and getting efficient at it. The problem is with as your body gets efficient at something in terms of a certain type of exercise the actual form of exercise becomes less effective for stimulating fat loss. 
Best example that I can give is the people that we all know them. Chances are you may have been one yourself. I know I've been there. Courtney, you definitely were one of these. Where I don't do weights. Weights is for bodybuilders. I do cardio. Yes. I do the treadmill. I do the cross trainer. I do the Stairmaster. I do two group fitness classes in a row every day. No, no, no. Um, someone wants to lose weight and really dramatically improve their body shape and body composition. It's not the cardio. It's the weights. Yes. So chances are, um, where I've seen people come unstuck with not seeing results is they're not training for the result that they want. Mm. It's not specific. Now, this will lead into the next point. Courtney, take it away. The next one is training structure. So when we talk about training structure, we're really in this sort of context talking about lack thereof and training structure. Yes. So this is where people often don't see results because their training structure or they just don't have one. So this is where you, you see people go into the gym and they're just guessing their way through the gym. I'll just do a bit of this. I'll just do a bit of that. There's, that machine's free. I'll use that. There's no structure. There's generally a very little intensity in that as well. Mm. Um, and it's just really chopping and changing. Like I was, I was in the gym this morning and I saw this straight away. So you see people that they don't have anything to write down what they're doing. They're not, they're not putting it in their phones. You know, some people use their phones to... I do. Yeah, you use your phone. Uh, I handwrite mine. Uh, but people do different things, but they're recording it either way. But the people you see just float. They're like floaters. They just float through the gym and they're not writing down in any form what they're doing. They're just literally thinking to themselves, I'll do this today. And they just walk up and they're usually always the ones that end up doing a variation of the same thing. So they'll do about five different bicep curls. <laughs> because they're doing five variations of the same thing. Every day's bicep day, bro. And they usually don't realize it. Or they'll do five variations of a shoulder press or a shoulder workout. <laughs> Wrist curls. And, and often they don't even stop to think about the fact that they're doing the same Thing. Yeah, it's it's very easy to spot people who are going through the motions in the gym mm. and sort of phoning it in, uh, where it's like yeah, they're picking the machines that are available. There's no structure. There's no progression. There's no intensity. That does play a big role. Um, sort of, you know, really sort of coming off what I was saying earlier, Courtney, where, you know, you might be, yes, we just got through saying that the weight training is very, very good for weight loss changing your body shape, etc. But then there's weight training and there's really weight training. Yeah. And you've gone through that, Courtney, yourself. Oh, absolutely. And I was only talking about it with a friend of mine who I was working out with this morning. And it's funny, the other way that I, with especially with females, Matt, that I can tell mm. that they're going through the motions in the gym. Yeah. They got their hair out. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never noticed this. I don't understand. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're a person that really likes to do intense exercise with your hair out, but I have never seen someone do a really female. a female. Or a man that with has, a man bun. No, a female that has, I'm talking about long hair, like yeah. really long hair, like past your shoulders, so it covers halfway your down your chest, sort of long hair that's curled, that is being done. And 
They are in the gym, apparently, to do intense structured training. I've never seen it. They will go in the gym and they will float around because... Now, you might, as I said, you might be one of these people and you might message and say, no, I'm here to prove you wrong. I work out really intensely and I really enjoy having my long hair out would in you, my face. Would you, like, would you like to hear that? I would like to hear it if you're one of these people. But I'm just telling you that from my gym that I go to, I have never seen a girl walk into the gym that has her hair out, doesn't tie it back, and is apparently going to do really heavy structured intense session session. unless her session is literally a bicep session like which is a different discussion altogether i'm doing today i'm doing biceps and triceps and that's it um (laughs) unless that is your session i have never seen a female do a really intense session with her hair in her face well you're a female aren't you yeah you are okay have been for a while all my life okay you i now that you mention this I can never recall you doing a session with me with your hair out. I will never do it. Next you're always, you're always in the top bun. Maybe, maybe a high ponytail, maybe. Sometimes a low bun. I'll even sometimes put it in a low bun if I know I'm going to be um, doing something where I don't have to lie down so it's not going to be in the way. Now, is that also because um, as you start to sweat, it just gets really uncomfortable? Really, like your hair's sticking to you. Okay. And that, you okay, actually get suck. hotter okay. with having your hair down. So you're going to sweat more having your hair down. And if you go into the gym and you've curled your hair, like you've done your hair nicely, and you go to the gym and you're just... You're not there If you're going to sweat and you're going to get hot, your hair is going to turn to shit. So (sighs) there is no way... And like, there's just no way. And this might be a controversial thing to say, but I'm telling you, I've never seen a girl other than maybe doing biceps and triceps but i've never seen a girl walk into the gym to do a heavy leg session or you know intense cardio intense cardio session with the hair out out. all right so breaking news if you are a woman who trains in the gym with her hair out you're a princess i would tie it up courtney just called you soft i would tie it up you should tweet that you could even put a hat on if you wanted to i never really understood the hat inside thing but i had a girl in the gym the other (laughs) last week tell me that she wears a hat to train because she thinks that it blocks out she doesn't watch other people when she's wearing a hat and she thinks that people don't come up because she works in the gym so she said that people always you'd come up and talk to her when she walked out worked out and she hated it so she said if she wears a hat she people don't come up and talk to her and she doesn't focus it's like she said it's it, it acts as like a shield she doesn't watch anything else the hat is the cone of silence that's what she said so you know what yeah. i can get behind that okay. i can understand why people now wear hats in the gym okay the hair thing no uh so well said wife anyway that was just a bit of an off topic moment cool story bro only so... talking about this morning so it just made me think of it but yes lack of training structure big problem when it comes Two, not seeing results because if, you, if you're doing workout in the gym and you don't know what you've done the week before, you're guessing basically about your weights, there's no, there's no way that you're going to remember what you did last week. And even if you do remember the weights you did last week, you're not going to remember how it felt. So by recording it, you can put notes there. You can say, look, um, I did 20 kilos for eight reps, but, you know, little asterisks on the side, side note, Felt like the last two reps were average. So stay at this weight next week, you know, or just any sort of note, like got got the reps out, 
was feeling really tired today, wasn't my best workout, you know? So you've got notes going into the next week to know from last week what weight you did, how many reps you got, how you felt in that workout. Should you go up? Should you go up in weight? Should you not go up? Should you not go up? Did you notice that your posture was off last week and to pay attention to it this week? Mm. You know, these are all little things that you can use to remind yourself. And if you don't write it down, you're guessing, you're floating around the gym, you've got no structure, and it often leads to a lack of results. So that will then lead into the next point, which I'll, which I'll bring up here, Courtney. What number are we up to? Number seven. seven. Oh, we're almost there. So... Let's say we're exercising, which most of us are. Exercise, when structured correctly for most of us, should be around about 3% of our week in terms of the time spent exercising. So then what are we doing for the other 97% of the week? Eating. We're eating. Now, this, (laughs) this probably could be towards number one, to be honest, why people aren't seeing results is it's the choices that we're making. Yeah. Probably is, you're right, Matt, probably is right behind expectations Yeah, and then eating comes and then, next. And then habits. Yes. So the thing is, when it comes to a, a really successful transformation, like a really good long-term one that sticks, the biggest thing is about our habits mm. and changing them to from habits that work against us to habits that work for us. Now, for the overwhelming majority of people, introducing the habit of exercise is the easy part. For, for 99.9% of people, that's the case. For, the, well, for everyone else, well, for them as well, the hard part is addressing the habits away from the gym. Mm. What am I putting into my body on a daily basis? Now, this could spin out into a number of different sub-discussions. One of the biggest ones that I've seen that have been the killer of results are people who they they say they eat healthy, but actually they eat healthy when it suits them. Mm. So I eat healthy Monday to fr- Monday to Thursday. Just don't ask me about Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I completely undo everything I've done Monday to Thursday. Yeah. What do you think the gyms are so crowded Monday nights? Yeah. So this, an easy example here in terms of the general topic of eating, eating structure, um, eating quality, etc., eating consistency is Courtney. When I first met Courtney, I, when we arranged to have an appointment to sort of meet up to discuss, you know, herself, her goals, etc., I asked her to also just record for me, you know, a few days worth of what she's been eating just so I can get a bit, of a, a bit of a look at what's actually going on away from the gym because that's where the biggest differences are made. Now, Courtney comes in and hands me some information that she clearly thought it was on the money. Yeah, I tried really hard. And you, you could see that and it was easily seen through. But I looked at it and it's like, okay, cool. She eats like a 10-year-old child. <laughs> Fantastic. So the first comment I had to Courtney was, this is good, but you don't eat anywhere near enough. So Courtney then proceeded to look at me like I've got three heads. Yes. What the fuck is this guy going on about? 
whole point I'm making here is that it's one thing to think you're eating for change, but if you're not changing, there's clearly room for improvement. Yeah. So I, I see where a lot of people really um, are pushing shit uphill with this is that they tell themselves they're doing enough, but their body's clearly telling them, no, they're not. Mm-hmm. And I do think there is a big difference between quote-unquote eating healthily and actually eating to affect a dramatic change in health, function, and look. Yes. So to me, if you're not seeing results, it's quite possible that the habits, the habits that are working against you away from the gym either aren't being addressed or haven't been addressed for long enough. Yes. Um, and I actually think just adding to that a bit before I hand back over to you, Courtney, accountability comes into that. Yeah. A lack of accountability is a big deal, a big contributor to someone who's not seeing results. And this can almost go back to a, a very recent episode of, oh, I'll just do it by myself. There's a reason no one does. Mm. And I mean no one. So I think adding to um, what a person is putting into their body, a lack of accountability is a factor, a major factor with not seeing results because we all need to have our feet held to the fire sometimes. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. Uh, And what is point number eight there, Courtney? All right. The last point we're going to make on this topic of why you're not seeing results is... You possibly are, but you're just not seeing them. <laughs> well so, said. So you, you, there's a very good chance that if you are doing a lot of the stuff that we just spoke about, you're doing structured training, you're um, working on your habits, working away from on the gym. your eating habits, you're working on your sleeping habits. You're accountable. Yes, you've got a good expectation of time when it comes to your final result. Yep. All those things in place, then. The answer for you very well could be that you are actually seeing results, but you're just not well, seeing them. No, no, you are getting results. You're yes. not seeing them. So what that means is, and this comes back to the podcast, I think we did this over, did we do this matter over two podcasts? Yeah, we did. The yeah. 10 signs you're about to lose weight. Yes, we did. So this comes back to that. So when we talk about that, we're talking about small wins. And but what we mean by small wins is if you're implementing all of this stuff, As we've spoken about, it is a long-term thing. So this isn't going to happen overnight. And generally speaking, what we want to change first is going to change last when we're talking about parts of our body. And that's generally where we carry the weight the most. So I'm quite top-heavy and I carry a lot of extra weight around my midsection. So that midsection of my body, every time I look at myself in the mirror, my eyes automatically focus on that part of my body and it will analyze my stomach area to see if there's even the slightest bit of change. Oh, can I just see my ribs a little bit more than I could last time? Or, you know, is that fat roll a little bit smaller than it was before? So these are all things that my eyes will automatically go to. Now, it will ignore how does my face look? How does my neck look? How do my legs look? Am I more shapely through my arms or my my shoulders? Can I see my collarbone more than I could before? These sort of things don't even come into con- like consideration in my brain. What also doesn't come into consideration is, 
Am I lifting weights consistently in the gym? Is my weights going up, which means I'm getting stronger? Am I eating regularly? Have I conquered any habits that that I've set as goals to conquer recently? Uh, has my skin quality improved? Is my hair and nails mm. quality improved? These are things that we often don't think about as, is my sleep quality improved? Are my stress levels reducing? Am I, am I not getting so tired by the afternoon at work? These, these seem like to a lot of people really insignificant things when the one thing that we want to change is staring us in the face well, that's what we focus budging. On. We focus on the end result not the things that need to occur to get there. Correct. So in this case, we won't get too much into that one. Just um, our episodes about the 10 signs you're about to lose weight. If you're not seeing results, go listen to them, please. Yes, absolutely. So that kind of gives away where we're heading towards now. We've just spent some time talking about the problems. Yes. Let's now go positive and talk about some solutions. Absolutely. So Courtney and I now have six practical tips you can implement that are going to help you overcome this issue. So Courtney, uh, I think I'll start first. Yeah, I think so. The first tip I would give you, if you are stressing your head off because you're not seeing results is don't panic. Take a deep breath, take a step back and let's look at this objectively. Okay. What's actually going on here? Where a lot of people have... um, well, they commit giant fuck-ups is they panic and that leads to bad decisions and they start overhauling things. Now, as Courtney just said before, if you're on a pretty good routine that you can sustain and you're getting stronger, you're improving your eating habits, you're accountable, you're sleeping well, your stress levels are going down, etc. but you still don't feel like you're seeing results, maybe you just need a bit more time. Mm-hmm. So rather than panicking and chucking out the baby with the bathwater, just take a deep breath, look at it objectively and go, you know what? I might just need more time because I'm working to undo years, if not decades of bad habits. Yes. So that is step one. Don't panic. There's yes. plenty of time to panic later. Yes. There's always plenty of time to panic. All right. Number two, add structure to your routine. So this is what we just spoke about in terms of being a problem. So when we're talking about gym and also eating, add some structure to those areas. So if you're in the gym, making sure that you've got a program that you're doing, that you're not just walking into the gym willy-nilly deciding at the time what to exercise and just sort of floating through the gym. Make sure you're recording what you're doing in the gym. Make sure that you go in there with a plan and and, and, in, and you've got that intensity set that you know what you're doing, you know what you know how you've got to do it and you're going to go in there and you're going to beast it. And it's the same thing with your eating. Get some structure, get some routine happening and if you don't have those things, then that is a habit that then you can work on. Yeah, one of the first things I changed when I sort of started getting serious was my uh, structure of exercise. So rather than doing that stupid um, three-hour day, six-day-a-week routine, I then just broke it up right out. I've got these set days I'll do weight training and these set days I'll do intense cardio training. Mm. And I'll keep them relatively apart to make sure I can get my recovery in and actually learn how to feed my body well to support what I'm doing. That there is a form of structure. Uh, as Courtney said just before, having a plan with your weights routine 
is a form of structure. So I'm gonna do these exercises and I'm going to progress the weight that I'm doing over a set period of time. That is a form of structure. And I think when it comes to setting a structure and routine, a lot of people find that part of it in terms of the exercise quite easy. Um, because it is. Because it is the easiest part to set a structure and a routine. When it comes to our eating habits, it is a little bit harder to often set that. So we know that. And the biggest tip I would give in that sort of situation would be obviously go back to Matt's number one point, which is don't panic and don't overwhelm yourself. When you're studying, setting a structure and routine when it comes to your eating habits, focus on one thing at a time. Don't try to change everything at once. Don't try to implement a whole bunch of new habits at the one time. Take it step by step and set a structure and routine that is going to be easy for you to get a hold of before you change it and add something else in. Good one, Uh, which leads in, in terms of structure, that leads into the next tip I want to give, which is record what you are doing. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've already touched on the people that are sort of going around the gym blindfolded doing any old random as fuck exercises. Record what you're doing in the gym. Record what you're doing out of the gym. Now, there is no glamour to be had in recording what you're doing. I mean, none. It is boring as batshit. Yes. But fuck, it works. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, and quite a few clients I've worked with over the years have found out how much of a pain in the ass I can be when they haven't been... Re- I always ask my clients, let's start recording what you're doing. That's a, that's a common thing. When the complaint comes through, oh, nothing's changing. But there's no actual data to look at to make improvements. What the fuck do you do? Mm. You can't do shit. If someone like Courtney and I makes recommendations to a client to make changes based on data that's not there, that means we're guessing. Mm. Fuck that. Yeah. Guessing, that's, that's a dangerous thing. So the recommendation I would give here is get a notepad, get a spreadsheet, get a notepad on your phone. It doesn't matter how you do it and just start recording what you're doing. These are the weights I'm doing. This is the cardio session that I've done. This is how I felt. This is when I went to bed. This is when I woke up. This is what I had for breakfast, blah, blah, blah. Boring, but it works because then if nothing is changing, but you've got data, someone like myself and Courtney can look at that data and go, ah, boom, 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 boom. We see these areas you can improve on to then take positive steps forward. Without the data, you can't make educated changes. No. Courtney, what's next? All right, next one is think long term. <laughs> so this advice is, for the industry in general. So this is, as we've spoken about before, quite the journey: losing weight, changing your lifestyle, changing your brain, the way you function, it your is, confidence. It is quite the journey to go on. So it is definitely a long term thing. It's the rest of your life. You need to think about it as a rest of your life thing. If you think about it in any other way, you're then your then your brain is going to make it sound like a diet. Seem like a diet. It's going to have a start and finish point. And you'll fail. And then you will finish. That's the problem. And then you'll just go back to doing something else. So when you're thinking about this as 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 a long-term thing, you you really can't have a finish date on it. You can have finish dates in terms of set goals you want to achieve by certain stages, but in terms of 
what, what I spoke about earlier, going back to normal, this is normal now. So, so I never think about, I've had clients in the past say to me, oh, so what do you, do you just stop doing what you're doing when you're on holidays? <laughs> well, what do you mean? I couldn't understand what she meant. She said, oh, do you just go back to eating normally when you're on holidays? And I said, diet mindset. This right is away. normal. This is just what I eat. Nah. So when I go on holidays, I still choose, I, I still look at the menu before I just go and choose something. I don't eat takeaway food. I don't eat processed takeaway food. That's just not what I eat. If I ate it now at this point in my life, how long I have been doing this for, I would actually physically be sick. So even if Same. I wanted to eat it, I couldn't eat it. My body would not eat it. Would, would My body wouldn't take it. So my this is my life now. So it's not about when I go on holidays, do I do something different? Or, you know, do I take Sundays off and just eat whatever I want? It's just not the way that I do things. So it's just this is my life now. And, and the sooner you can get your head around that, the sooner your your brain will start to understand what you're trying to get it to do. Tell you what, you can really tell a lot about people by the questions that they ask. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, I don't know who asked you that question, but my first reaction is, huh, they think it's a diet. Yeah. And that that is immediately like, oh, fuck. They're, mentally, they're not switched onto this yet. And you know what? That was actually a trainer that asked me that. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was years, years ago, but yeah. Then go back a, to normal. Yeah, that, that's a trainer. Diet approach. All right. Uh, the next tip I want to give, we sort of touched on it before, but I'll just bring it up here because it's the right place to mention it. Uh, are there small wins that you're potentially missing or glossing over? So I'll, all I'll do here quickly is just refer you to our episodes called The 10 Signs You're About to Lose Weight. Please, for the love of God, go and listen to those episodes because there are things that will need to occur before you'll start seeing the changes. Mm-hmm. So it it I actually also would recommend um, the episode we did recently about celebrating the small wins. Yeah. So I would look at those three episodes. Uh, that's my tip there. Courtney, you want to give the last one? The last uh, tip? Ask for help. What? Don't be afraid to ask for help. Oh, no, no. I can do it on my own. I know. It's an amazing concept, but we actually ask for help in many other areas of our lives. But for some reason, when it comes to this, many of us just feel like there's no need to ask for help. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there's always going to be people out there that say, no, 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 I can do it by myself. I don't need any help. Then you would have by now. That is the answer generally to everybody that says to us, but I can do it by myself. Yet Yet no one's actually proven that. No. Funny how that works. So... Don't be afraid. There is a stigma around asking for help. Oh, like it's a sign of weakness. I get it. Well, actually, it's a sign of strength. We get it. You know, we've we've Matt and I have both been in in areas of our life in the past where they haven't been the most confident in ourselves. Um, Every area. And so, you know, asking for help not is actually a really brave thing to do, and it's a really confident thing to do. It's a big step forward. So, a lot of people when you're struggling with self-confidence when you're struggling with self-doubt that asking for help is a really really tough thing to do totally understand that but at the end of the day it takes a brave person to step outside and say you know what i can't do this but i want to do it and i need someone to help me yeah and also i've noticed talking to people over the years that most people who aren't getting what they want with their weight loss efforts are also suffering from a lack of direction 
Yeah. And the moment you show someone a clear path, like, okay, here's the direction you are going to be taking to get to your goal. You can see, looking at them, the weight coming off the shoulders. It's like a light bulb moment, isn't it? It's a light bulb moment. Yeah. It is a light bulb moment, but also a like a profound sense of relief, like, oh, shit, it is possible. Yeah, 100%. I've seen that, yeah. So showing people the path really goes a long way. So I guess I said it before, but I'll repeat it. Asking for help is not a weakness. It's a sign of strength. Beautiful. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Now, Love it. Uh, well done. Yes. We are now going to move on to an email. Yes. Cue the music. Dun, 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 dun. Jesus. Sorry, I needed for a second there to know what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, look, Courtney's falling asleep, so um, I'll, I'll finish the show <laughs> from like, here. like, what music? Oh, yeah, the email music. Yeah, your awful music. <laughs> uh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can reach us. We like to get emails. It makes us feel important. We need to get some production value happening and actually get some real music. Nah, mate. Nah, nah. mate. We're, we're, we're keeping this, you know, <laughs> real, gritty, grounded. Right. Email comes from Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Are you fucking awake over there or what? I'm awake. I thought you were going to continue to talk and then you had a gap and I thought, oh, my chance to say hi. I married this. <laughs> hello, Kelly. Kelly says, hello, Matt and Courtney. My name came up first for a change. Yeah, my name came up first for a change. <laughs> She's getting snippy. <laughs> Hope this email finds you both well. I remember an earlier episode in which Matt mentioned that complacency was a struggle for him. I'm finding that I've been struggling with that as well and was wondering if you had any tips on how to overcome it. Thanks so much. Matt, you're the best. You don't need Courtney. Love, Kelly. She didn't say that. I've got the email in front of me, Matt. <laughs> oh. Wah, wah. Uh, fantastic email. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have two things I want to say, but uh, Courtney, would you like to go first? I'm happy for you to take this one. I definitely think that complacency has been a struggle for both of us over the years. It definitely affected me as well. I tend to get complacent and, and I think complacency can affect people in different ways. So for me, the biggest uh, problem has been with regards to complacency when I start to see results. So I start to get a great result. And for a lot of people, you know, this might be strange because a lot of people might say, oh, but when you start to see a result, doesn't that just make you want to push harder to get more? Not always. But for me, it's always been a problem because when I start to see results, I start, yeah, I celebrate and I say, great, that's great, blah, 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 blah. But then I start to get a bit complacent. And then that's when I start to get things that pop in that says, oh, well, I can have this because I did so well. You slip. And then you start to, again, blur the lines between your bonus food and your staple foods. Mm. And you start, I would start to uh, convince myself that it was okay because I had achieved so much and just one won't hurt. But then it became just one won't hurt every day. So then one does hurt, you know? So it does hurt the situation and I just got complacent. And then I started to let a lot of uh, old emotional eating habits come back into my life. And then that's where I would I would really struggle. So that's sort of where complacency has always popped up with me. It hasn't been um, usually when things are going bad. It's been when from when things are going good. All right. Uh, the two biggest tips I've got for overcoming complacency. 
Uh, one is you need a new goal. Mm-hmm. So as as Courtney has said with herself and I'm the exact same, complacency, um, and I've seen this creep in with most people that I've worked with and they get complacent, it's when they start to get a good result and they take their foot off the pedal. Yeah. So to me, this... I think it's a discussion about goal setting. Yeah, 100%. So to me, the compass needs to be recalibrated and new goals need to be set. So I think for you, Kelly, it's the first thing I'll be looking at is what I'm actually working for now. Why am I doing this? Yes. Maybe it's time to find that new why to drive you, something new to chase, a new mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I think leads to complacency is a lack of accountability. Yes. Big time. Yes, it's easy to lie to yourself. Absolutely, about how bad things are getting, or just as I said, or just, how well you're doing, or how well you're doing, or just one won't hurt. But then you stop and you take a step back and realize that just that just one won't hurt happened every day for the last three months. So that seven then does hurt, you know. So it's um, it is definitely, I think, Matt, I totally agree. It is uh, both of those things and setting new goals. Can I just say that's also when you come back to. Uh, just in what we were just talking about in terms of having a long-term uh, thinking about this. So yeah, you're always going to have certain goals that you want to achieve along the way, but it's always going to be there. So you've always got to set those extra goals to get to the next. It's 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 like it's it's like stepping stones, you know, over a stream. You know, you reach one, and then you've got to reach the next one, and you've, then you've got to reach the next one. So a lot of people tend to have a goal that they really want to achieve that's huge and then they reach it and then they get lost mm. and they think, oh, what do I do now? And so the next one you set for yourself, it might not be as big. It might not be, you know, anything life-changing, but it's still something to work uh, for. Well, I kind of disagree. It needs to be important. It needs to be it important. it needs to be emotional. If you set a goal that you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool, you won't get it. No, but all I mean is for a lot of people when they're they're trying to come up with next goals after their very first goal, they struggle sometimes to come up with something they perceive as as extreme. So if someone well, set a goal to get to lose five dress sizes and they reach that goal, then they start to sit there and say, oh, well, I can't set a goal to lose another five dress sizes. You know, what am I going to do? Losing one dress size doesn't sound as good. You know, they start to compare their goals to each other. But it's not about the goal, it's about how much you want it. I think there's two ways to approach something like that. Um, two different ways to come at this. One is, let's say we're talking about the five dress sizes. What what are you now closer to doing that you've maybe wanted to do for a while? Mm. That could be the next goal. The other way I, I could approach it is you could then look at yourself and go, righto, with where I am right now, what upsets me the most now? That's the best one, I think. Whatever upsets me the most now, the next goal might be to go and take care of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes, 100%. So hopefully, Kelly, that has given you some insight. Um, if it hasn't been helpful, just email Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com <laughs> and tell her how shit she is. She needs to hear that. Good feedback for her. Uh, so on that note, we'll call this a show. Yes, it's a wrap. Well done. High five. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can email us your abuse. No, wait, your feedback. 
Your abuse goes to Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com, please. Uh, that's I'm just it waiting for, us. for the, the feedback from all these girls that are going to be listening saying, I work out with it with my hair down and I'm fine. Courtney, <laughs> you just called me a princess. <laughs> Fuck you. I, I so hope you get that. Oh, That'd be great. Dear. All right, hope this has helped. Uh, we will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.